and welcome to Minute 72 of Movie Rob Minute, the daily podcast where we take a wild trip to the 1987 John Hughes comedy, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, one minute at a time. I'm Rob, and joining me once again today is Austin Pryor of Malkovich, Malkovich, Minute, Minute. Welcome back to the show, Austin. Hello there, and thanks for having me. Good to be back. Yeah, well, I had fun yesterday. I hope you did, too. I sure they did. Even though, even though you know, one of us is out in the cold and the other one is in this very strange little uh, motel room. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Who, who knows which one is I'll be fine. Yeah. I'll be fine out here. I didn't, I'll just, I didn't I'll just say, keep shivering. I wasn't calling you Dell. I was saying that one of us. I, I could be that I'm <laughs> Dell. You never know. <laughs> so, Minute 72 begins with Dell asking a big question and ends with Neil standing in the doorway. Mm-hmm. Okay, so... Yesterday, we ended the, the scene, ended the minute, by having Dill outside in the cold, just talking to himself, to Marie, yeah. to us, anything. And then he continues his little soliloquy and says, when am I ever going to wake up? Which I think is pretty funny the way that he says it, because, you know, right after he says it, we get a shot of Neil, you know, sitting up in bed. Or sorry, yeah. lying, he like opens his eyes. And it's a great transition there because, you know, when am I going to wake up? And then we get to see Neil waking up from that same point. So they, 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 I'm, I'm assuming that that was planned. It, it looks that way. I, yeah, I think maybe it's one of those things you find in the edit. I'd like to, maybe yeah. it's, if it were, maybe it's in the script and maybe it's not, but, um, uh, I think, yeah, there's some really nice editing in this movie and I think it might be just, uh, oh, that's a good point to cut to, to Neil, you know? Yeah. Exactly. I mean, and also I love the cinematography because then we get to see Neil in bed. He like sits up and, and starts looking around and stuff like that. But the, the cinematography is great because we see like the moonlight shining on him yeah. from the outside. You know, the you know the annoying thing that when you're in a motel or hotel that they don't have blinds or shades that close completely. So yeah. whenever yeah. it's the crack of dawn, you're going to get something. You know, yeah. even, if it's, even if there's that small little, you know, two inches in between – the, the curtains that you weren't able to close. So there's like this, this beacon of light that comes through, you know, like you're in a, yeah, and they, they don't want people lying in, you know what I mean? They want to clear the hotel for the next, next day. That's true. Also. Yeah. But they don't need yeah. people getting up at the crack of dawn. No. Yeah. That's true. You know, and what, what's great is, is we see how an amazing actor Steve Martin is because you can see on his face, you know, that, that he's starting to get a little bit of a conscience. Yeah. You know, by the whole thing. I mean, like his, I mean, he went through a very long day. He's been through a very long two days, right? He's having trouble sleeping. Yeah. You know, maybe, maybe you can even say he's overtired. Yeah. Sometimes you might think that someone who, you know, you see a lot, I, I, I've seen it with some of my kids, you know, when they're overtired, it's even harder for them to get to sleep. Oh, than before. Yeah. Like, like, how do you fall asleep? Do you fall asleep quickly or does it take you a while? What do you, what do you do? What do you oh, do to fall asleep? My sleep is so chaotic and it's been, it's been a, a I, I was, a, you know, as I mentioned in the last episode, I was a, in a wedding band for years and just those late nights, it really screwed me up. And um, so I have to work very hard on getting to sleep and um, it's just, it's just like once I do the right things and I don't drink coffee and I, you know, uh, behave myself, I'm not too bad. It doesn't take me too long to get to sleep, but it'll just be like, I'll just then randomly wake at half four or half five in the morning. Then that 
that's that's it you know you're up <laughs> wow. um so and i'm not somebody who can get by on four hours sleep so i just you know it's <laughs> i have to go back and sleep the next day but uh, um but yeah i don't think uh, yeah I, I certainly wouldn't be able to sleep in that uh in that <laughs> exposed car and um in that motel yeah with the light coming in i don't think i'd be too happy either yeah. Now, I mean, for me, I, I actually, my, my wife, it drives my wife crazy that I can just pretty much close my eyes <laughs> you can just switch off. Yeah. And, and I'm just completely asleep. You know, I, we, we don't know. And then she'll like move and then I'll, I'll, I'll say, what, what happened? What happened? And then she'll be like, you were, you were sleeping. Go back to sleep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and I wouldn't even realize that I was sleeping and she can just lie in bed for hours. Oh, you know, she has my, all these my... different thoughts and, you know, yeah. She, yeah. I, I guess I guess you could say I have a clear conscience, and that's why I fall asleep. <laughs> uh, my wife and I are the other way around. She can just fall asleep at the drop of a hat, and she'll, you know, if she, and if she decides, you know, that she needs to uh, go to bed and catch up on sleep, uh, you know, for a nap or something, she will just switch off, you know, and it's uh, it's a great way to be. Yeah. Another. My, my, with a clear my problem also is, is I wake up early. You know, so so it doesn't matter what time I go to sleep. I can go to sleep yeah. at one o'clock in the morning. I'll yeah. still be up at five thirty. You know, yeah. and then you know I will have you know the, that four hour day, four hour sleep day, where yeah. I just gotta That's... go through the whole day like that and stuff like that. But no every so often it catches up with me, and you know I go to bed a little bit earlier, and I get like seven hours of sleep, and then I'm fine. You know that type of thing. Wow. Yeah. I... <laughs> <laughs> that sounds. I wish I could catch up that easily. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Basically, at this point, Neil then like sits up in bed and walks walks around the room, walks over to the window, starts to, takes a peek out of the curtains, and he ends up seeing Dell sitting in the car with snow falling all around him. Once again, to remind people that there really was no snow in Southern Illinois on November twenty fifth, nineteen eighty seven, but it's good for in in the plane trains and automobiles universe. Sorry, are they not in, are they not in Wichita now? No, they're far from Wichita. They left Wichita. Oh, Wichita the, the first, was the sorry. The first, Wichita was the was the first motel. The first motel was yeah, in yeah. Wichita. Then they went yeah. to Jefferson City, where they caught the bus to St. Louis. Okay. And then St. Louis is where they rented the car. And then they yeah. have a five-hour drive from St. Louis to Chicago that has taken oh, them about eight or nine hours so far. Yeah, yeah. And you know, it takes them a little longer than it really should. And mm-hmm. then they, uh, you know, decide at twelve thirty to finally can't go to sleep because that yeah. car is not going to get to Chicago in the middle of the night. No. It's a little too, little too warm for them. Yeah. And <laughs> then we get to hear Dell continue to talk to Murray where he says, I wish you were here with me right now, but I guess that's not going to happen. Not now anyway. So mm. first of all, I love the, the fact that this little scene of dialogue is completely different if you know what happens at the end of this movie or not. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. You know, like I, I, I love movies that do that, where you can watch yeah. one movie and see something completely different. Like, can you think of any examples of movies where after you saw them the first time, because of some major plot point or something like yeah. that, where there, there's a surprise when, so when you saw it the next time, you were watching a different movie? Yeah, I mean, I suppose the obvious example would be um, something like, uh, the Sixth Sense, yes, are are the usual suspects. Ooh, okay, and, those are two of the ones on my list. Very good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're they're both twist movies that rely on the twist, 
I would say Usual Suspects holds up better on repeated viewing. I, I think I've seen The Sixth Sense a few times, but not since it came out. Not since like it was, you know, shortly after it came out on home video and that. Um, and uh, probably because I'm not so crazy about the subsequent output of M Night Shyamalan. If it was just on its own, I'd probably think, oh, that was great, you know. Um, yeah. But uh, but yeah, like the watching rewatching. Um, the Usual Suspect, which, of course, both the director and the star are, you know, not not the most savory people in the world. And it's a little bit colored from from real life. But just separating it and watching it as a movie that watching um, who we, you know, spoilers. Are we giving spoilers? Are we saying for a 1994 movie? 1995. <laughs> yes, good. Five. Okay, but not not bad for off the top of my head. But um, yeah, that just once we know what we know by the end of the movie, watching that performance and watching all the the subtle little things and and all the <clears throat> the names that he introduces into his storytelling and all that, it's just great. And and that's more kind of plot stuff, but the actual kind of just you know performance and the emotional side of things is just watching these two characters uh uh you know play off each other and yeah, and completely. yeah rewatching that is amazing yeah right now i'm i remember the first time i saw the sixth sense there was a lot of hype beforehand and people were talking about it and stuff like that and no one actually told me the action the 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 twist the twist but i was able to figure it out on my own you know that's one of the things yeah. of, of being someone who watches a lot of movies and stuff like that so based on the little information that i gotten I was able to figure out what the twist would be. And yeah. so therefore, when I went to go see this this movie with a few friends, including, this is very interesting, including the friend that I mentioned yesterday in my Off the Beaten Track story, he was oh, he was visiting yes. Israel at the time. And then we, we, we went to go see The Sixth Sense together. And I remember that he and I were sitting there and we saw two completely different movies because yeah. I already knew what I was, I was looking for the little things. Yes, you're looking yeah. for the signs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, a, a good few people have said that to me over the years about about the Sixth Sense that they that they got it beforehand and um and uh, some people just watched the movie and didn't think it was a was like oh yeah yeah he died that time at the start and then then it, he's been a goat. We know that, don't we? Like some people just didn't even know that it was meant to be kind of hidden from them. Right. But I totally exactly. I. No matter how much I analyze movies and do minute by minute podcasts and stuff, I still like I fall for most things like that. I'm just I'm uh, you know whatever's up on the screen. I'm like uh huh you know I I don't I I just kind of believe it all and then I get into the analytical framework uh, analytical mindset afterwards you know right but but, but for um, me I'm not I'm not saying that I always get everything I'm not trying to no uh, no you I know, got say, you say I'm holier than now for for the, anyone listening about that of course not you know just in this particular circumstance I was able it to just figure it out with you. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. There are movies where I watch and and I will say, "Huh, how'd that happen?" You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's yeah. not. It's not. So another example that I would bring would be Memento. Ah, yes, yeah. You know, Christopher Nolan uh, film, which is yeah. the same thing. Once you've seen the whole thing, and then you rewatch it, and you're like, "Wow, it's a completely different and, movie." And I've even seen it in chronological order. Chronological. Also. I was just gonna say, yes. yeah, yeah, it's great. Yeah, you can watch it in chronological order, which is as a movie. Not great. It's kind of boring to have all the phone conversation at the start. Um, but as a 
as an exercise in kind of studying the movie, uh, it's great. It's great to see how he constructed yeah. it, and it's just it's a it's a brilliant technique to put us. It's the only way to put the audience in the mind of the um uh, of the protagonist, which is yeah. like his is is it's the blank slate. How did I get here? Every every five minutes. Yeah, okay. and and the great thing about it is that even though Memento came out twenty two years ago, I yeah. can't think of any example of some of another movie that came out that did something similar. No, it's um, it's, it's really unique. yeah, it's really interesting. Yeah, yeah, and, it's and really, I mean most yeah, most it, movies it really holds up. Yeah, yeah, most movies if something works, it's it's copied over and over. And Memento yeah. is not something that people have have tried to to do. Right. Yeah. And, right. And then so we we see. We see Neil looking out at, at Dell, and you can tell that Dell is basically freezing his butt off because yeah. by the way he's sitting with his arms, you know, tucked in and stuff like that. And then we get another shot of Neil where he gives out a big sigh as he's looking out at Dell sitting in the car. And and then Neil says something to himself. He goes, What did I do to get hooked up with this guy? Yeah. You know, where he's again, he's talking to nobody. And you can tell that he's starting to feel a little guilty about this whole thing. Yeah. Even though that in some ways he shouldn't feel guilty because of everything that Dell has done to him, but not on purpose, but just that's yeah. happened because of Dell. Yeah. But I think the the not on purpose thing is so important and, and what a good heart Dell has is so important. You yes. know, you're like, mm-hmm. you're big oaf. How do I, how do I stay mad at you? Kind yes. of thing. Because, because, and John Candy is just, perfect for that you know just like uh, he's uh he he has that kind of yeah oafish quality and like oaf is what was in the cut version of the script that you read yes. it's not in the movie yes but it's very fitting and it's just kind of like uh wow you remember yeah. that from yesterday that's pretty good yeah there you go there you go i had good night's sleep last night um, <laughs> or <yeah>. this morning <laughs> uh, this morning yeah yeah whatever but um yeah, so it just because if somebody is like, you know, foolish like that, and that's why they've done these awful things, it, you you do you'd have to have a very cold heart to not kind of melt, especially when you see him out in the snow. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. And so basically, then we get a shot of Dell with his eyes closed. Looks like he's trying to sleep, or maybe has yeah. fallen asleep. Could be. And then Neil opens the door to room six, which I'm glad they kept that continuity right, where it's yep. the same room. And he looks out at Dell, who's sitting in the car. And the, the the minute ends with a long, lingering shot of Neil. And then we see the viewpoint of Dell, and then the viewpoint of Neil again. It it like jumps back and forth to yeah. to once again try to 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 give us a depiction of okay, are we supposed to care about this person or not? Yeah. And, you know, and is Neil supposed to care about this person? I think that that's more telling. Yeah. You know, the whole idea of, of how he does that. And uh, it just makes me think just because before we get to them actually talking um, is the whole question of talking to themselves and talking to the audience. Um, like, I, I don't know how you feel about it. Do you talk to yourself in real life out loud? No. No. Uh, and do you do you think of that as a you know if you walked into a room and say, found somebody talking to themselves would you think they were very strange or what? Yes, completely. <laughs> really? Completely. <laughs> <laughs> you, see, you know where I'm going with this. No, I, I, well, I I know I know you're strange, Austin. Come on. 
Yeah, there we go. There we go. Um, yeah, I talk to myself out loud all the time, and I, I don't think I could function if I didn't. You talk to yourself because in third person? In, uh, no, no. Um, you say Austin, uh, you should be doing. Is is wait? Do you have? Oh, like sorry. A little... I do. I do. I do sometimes address myself. Yeah. Do you, do you have? I... Do you have like a, a a devil and an angel on on each shoulder? <laughs> no, it's just all. It's much more chaotic than that. Um, but like. For if I need to think about something clearly, the only way I can do it is to, is to talk about it out loud. Like that's because if I'm trying to, I've kind of, you know, I'm taking all these like um, personality tests and, and aptitude tests and learning about how my, I'm trying to narrow down what it is uh, about my, what, what, what I, what's wrong with me, basically. I think I have ADHD, but I'm just, <clears throat> I've always had these. Cognitive quirks. Yeah, there you go. But I think I've <clears throat> I've always had these cognitive quirks where, you know, I have to um uh yeah, I have to work around things and, and think think of things in, in weirder ways. But like, yeah, if I say something out loud, I push it into a different part of my brain because I've heard it now and I've listened to myself saying it. Mm -hmm. So now it's okay. in like a different part of my short term memory. So okay, I can that, that's fair. draw on that much more easily. Um and plus I just I'm obsessed with speech and I say things over and over again. And obviously, you know, it's no it's no accident that I've ended up being a singer and now a podcaster, you know, because just the, the human voice in, you know, using my own and listening to others is just my that's my thing, you know. So, okay. um, yeah, because I had fair. a friend who I had a friend who um, was saying, like, God, it kind of. I know they kind of have to do that in movies where characters talk to themselves because, you know, because otherwise, how do you know what they're thinking? But it kind of annoys me and takes me out of it. And I was like, what? <laughs> it, it hadn't even occurred to me that it was a, a film thing. It's like, I talk to myself all the time and I wouldn't, yeah, it, would, it wouldn't occur to me to, to keep stum, you know? Do, do, people, do people think if they're around you and they hear that, do they think that you're talking to them? No, I mean, I don't, I'm not, you know, I'm not deranged. I'm not going to just start. I didn't say that. I didn't say that. <laughs> no, I know. I I'm wasn't even gonna... implying it. I'm, I'm, no, no, I'm, I'm not going to start an out loud, an out loud conversation with, with myself while there's somebody else in the room. But yeah, occasionally people have walked into the room and be like, who are you talking to? I was like, oh, I was just talking to myself, you know, um, or I had a friend who was saying, um, oh yeah, sorry. I've already said that, but, um, but uh, but yeah, like, uh, but I have been caught walking down the street looking like a complete, you know, lunatic. Um, and I once just like was was walking down the street talking to myself and I just uh, heard my phone buzzing. And it was just uh, a friend of mine, uh, one of the guys in the band, was just like, Austin, stop talking to yourself. You look like a crazy person. <laughs> he was just waiting for his bus and I was walking past and he, uh, I didn't, uh, I didn't notice him. So I was just like, oh yeah, I need, maybe I might need to curtail that. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> All right. Makes sense. So you have anything else you want to say about the, this minute before we get to the script? Well, um, I was saying yesterday that the, the kind of sentimentality in this is like is earned and I like it and I like how John Hughes does it but the way it's underscored is, is musically is is a bit rough um this kind of synth um with these kind of this soft synth with these these uh synthesized vocals um I am not a fan and I think it's it's like watching the movie again 
I wouldn't want to change it because it's so much of its era and it's so it has such a nostalgic kind of this 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 soundtrack. But it, this is not a good soundtrack, you know. <laughs> um, the, this this music is bland and and uh, really just um, middle of the road and and um, and kind of um, yeah session musiciany later and um, and it's just like how can this be in the same movie as uh, the mess around with, with Ray Charles? You know what I mean? That song is so amazing and has such energy to it. And it sounds great on the, on the, on the soundtrack. And it just, it just, yeah. How can you go from that to this? It's just like, <laughs> it's such insipid music. And it's, it's the, the music but it is works. like, that's the thing. It's, 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 it works for its time. It's the eighties, eighties. You had all these synthesized uh-huh. music. You know, totally, and I and uh, I'm not Axel for a second. You know that type of not, thing, and this and and it's a very catchy tune. I could I could hum this tune all day. You know the synthesized tune, the, no the weird the vocal, no no no, yeah. no the the the, oh, films, the Red River the Valley the main one yeah oh right yeah yeah um yeah I don't mind the kind of the one the one that's um a bit more um uh, I don't know if you call it electro or whatever it is the 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 one that's in the movie a fair bit with the you're talking do, to the wrong do, guy do, uh, do, 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 oh yeah do, yeah well no that that that's like a red river valley <laughs> yeah I don't know that's that's like a uh, yeah don't get me started okay. on the okay. red okay. river okay. valley you're, one you're the music person but, on that uh, no I'm not re- I'm not even I'm you're not more even of a music kind of... person than I am okay I, okay I can I'm barely not, carry, okay. carry a tune. Yeah. <laughs> um but uh yeah so Ira Newborn uh is the um is is the uh, is the composer here and um okay Ira you know what else do you got I don't I don't want to you know just <laughs> just just uh diss the guy based on one movie I'll see what else he's done but um yeah I so I just that that was one um point I had about the music Okay, all right, that that that's fair. As I said, I'm not I'm not an authority on music, so that's fine. <laughs> yeah, and like I say, I it has I do have a nostalgic attachment to it, and and of all these movies in this era, you know they they really sound like this, and it's kind of a signature, not just the John Hughes one, but the John Hughes ones, but a lot of the other ones that would have this same kind of set of post Saturday Night Live, post Second City kind of yeah. uh, actors in them, and and so like. You know, I, I do not want to change a thing about it, but it, it's not great. <laughs> right. Okay. Fair enough. So the the every day we go through the, the the various discrepancies between the final shooting script and the final cut, and this minute has very little, but there are still a few minor discrepancies. As I mentioned yesterday, in it's misplaced in the the script, or yeah. they changed it for the final cut. Around where Neil basically says, uh, what did I do to get hooked up with this oaf? Mm-hmm. As opposed to just saying what he says this here, guy. what did I do to get hooked up with this guy? You know, so I, I like the fact that he, that they changed it because I think it guy nicer, sounds nicer than oaf. Yeah, you know, because softer. at this point, you know, the two of them are, are trying to get together more. Or the, the story is trying to get them together more. Yeah. And then in the, the script, it continues with Dell's uh, discussion he goes i'm starting to wonder if i'm ever going to wake up if i could just see you for a minute you'd set me right and then there's a pause and he says good night sweetheart mm. and then it says he breathes a deep soulful sigh he settles into the seat and puts his hat on the motel door opens 
Dell shifts his look to the motel. Neil's in the doorway. Dell doesn't know what what Neil wants. You know, and that's mm. the way that that it's described in 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 the original script. I I like the way they do it here in the movie. I don't think it's needed here. Yeah. You know, I don't think that they need to have him say goodnight to Marie. It's it's not necessary. So in this case, I I give the thumbs up that they they cut the right the right amount of it. Yeah, I think so too. Um, it does it does add one more little breadcrumb to the trail of clues about how um, you know the the wife is not there any anymore, and um, you know why is he not looking for a payphone? Why is he talking to her by just sitting there? You know, and and right. um, uh, and and then the fact that he says, if I could just see you for a minute, it's, it's, you can read that as, oh, we're far away from each other. But I think it would be a little bit more of a clue if that was still in the movie. Um, that's one of those things that I used to, when I watched the movie as a kid, I used to just be like, well, I guess, I guess grownups would pick up on that stuff, but I don't feel like I could have guessed that there was anything strange going on with the, with the wife do you how right. do you feel about that do you I, think i don't that know it, it's, enough... it's a problem I, I i have the the same issue as you uh, because i saw mm. this when i was 13 you know when, yeah. when it came out in 1987 so i can't really say you know whether uh you know yeah. whether I, I i obviously didn't get it at the time but would i yeah would i have gotten it more as an adult i'm not sure mm. it, it mm. it's it's hard to tell because of the way they do edit this really well that beautifully yeah that it's harder to tell yeah yeah because i because uh, i wonder can i wonder does neil have enough information to be able to tell um in the script course, he does but not yeah. in but not in the movie yeah yeah because he, he, he figures he, it out while sitting on the train yeah in later minutes obviously yes. and um I've always bought it. I think it's a great scene. And, you know, I like me. My wife likes me. And we play that again. And um, getting into future minutes now. But but just that. Well, that, that scene you just mentioned is happened a long time ago. Oh, no. But it, the I know. The flashback. It, I'm talking about the yeah, flashback. Yeah. For, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think the line that sells it really is the line of um, I haven't been home in years. Yeah. Which you can see as a slip, you know. And um, and a figure of speech he covers up, and there's a bit of kind of bluster there. So I think that's kind of the one that makes it helps it be believable. Okay. Yeah, I can I can I can buy that. That's good. Mm. All right. So every day we have a little segment called Off the Beaten Track, where either my guest or myself will give a little adventure or misadventure of something that happened to us along the journey of life. And once again, everyone gets another story from me. All right. In 2014, I was forced to go on a business trip to Bonn, Germany. And I was I was not happy about having to go there. I'm not I don't like to travel. I like I, I'm a I'm a homebody. I like staying gotcha. home. Like staying, you know, close close to home. That's where I got, you know, my laptop. That's where I got my movies. Yeah. That's where I got my family. You know, gotcha. I don't need to go anywhere. My 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 wife was actually uh pregnant with our youngest daughter at the time and she didn't want me to go. But I didn't have a choice. I had to go for work. So it wasn't it wasn't particularly Germany, or was it? 
Well, that's that's true. Also, I wasn't I wasn't <laughs> too happy. I wasn't too happy about going to Germany, and we, you know, I, I, I <laughs> maybe 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 one day this week I'll talk about my my feelings when I was going on a when I was on a train as a Jew going through Germany. But you know, wow. we, we yeah, won't we won't talk about that at this point. But what happened was is because I'm such a movie lover, I said, okay, well, you know, it'll be interesting to actually go and see a movie in Germany, you know, in a different country. You know, yeah. I'm used to seeing movies either in America or here in Israel. You know, so mm-hmm. I said, all right, it'll be a nice experience because I knew that I'll have my evenings off and stuff like that. So before I went, I started doing research, trying to get in touch with people who might know about Germany to try and help me find, you know, information about how I can find movies in Germany. And the only yeah. information that I was able to get is is that the only showings that they have that are not dubbed into yeah. German are like at Two o'clock in the morning, one o'clock in the morning, wow. two o'clock in the morning, something like that, and it, that basically deterred me from from going. In the end, in the end, I didn't go yeah. because you know I knew I had to get up for for my meetings bright and early, and to to as much as I would have loved to have to have gone to to see a movie in that type of environment to see the different experience of going to a movie, it I just couldn't. I remember that uh, X Men uh, Days of Future Past was playing. Yeah. And that was like one of the movies. I remember for a few weeks before I went, I kept looking to see what movies were, were going to be showing at two o'clock in the morning, you know, and hoping that there'd be something, you know, really that would be a great movie to see in the theater. And yeah. in the end, it just didn't work out. I ended up just spending time in, in my room watching movies on my laptop instead. Oh. You know? But I mean, yeah. I, I find that fun too. But, you know, for me, the daunting task of, you know, having to wait till two o'clock in the morning to go see a movie in English, just uh, I didn't I didn't need that, and I figured I'd also save yeah. a little save a little money by not having to go there. Yeah. No. So. Plus, you yeah. don't know you don't know what other weirdos you'll run into at two two o'clock well, in the morning. That was that was actually theater. that was actually one of my concerns also, because I yeah. said, okay, I'm gonna take a taxi, and how do I know I'm gonna be able to find the taxi back? You know, mm. I don't want to be walking around a very strange country where nobody speaks English. Yeah. I mean, I, I, uh, I'll actually combine another story that I was going to tell at some other time, but it doesn't matter. When I was at the train station, in order to try to, I don't remember. If, I was actually both going to my destination and going away from my destination. I wanted to make sure I was on the right platform, and I kept trying to talk to people, and yeah. nobody understood anything. Well, you know, they weren't. That's able very to, surprising because I, I may, maybe it's just because it's Bonn rather than you know. Berlin or or, or Munich or somewhere, or something like that, yeah. Right? Because like I think of German Germans in general as having great English, you know. Uh, not in, not not where I was in Bonn. Yeah. <laughs> wow. You know, and it, you know, I, I found it very frustrating trying to express myself where yeah people just didn't understand anything that I that I was saying. So yeah, yeah. you see here I got two stories in one because I was going to keep go. that one for another day, but why not? All right, so why don't you tell people once again how they can get in touch with you? Um, yeah, I am at MalkovichMinutes.net, M-A-L-K-O-V-I-C-H, Minutes.net, and uh, you'll find all the links there. Uh, see you out there. All right, and while you're doing that, you can go rate, review, and subscribe on any podcast you might be listening to this show on. You can do a quick search to find me. Uh, just about anywhere you just look up move your odd minute you can find me on twitter you can find me on facebook and you can find me on my website and once again today is episode 72 of the silverado minute you can go over there 
to silveradominute.com and check out what me and my good friend Todd Liebenau have to say about the movie Silverado, Minute 72. And make sure you go back and listen to the week one as well. Yes, of course. Of course. <laughs> well, what do you mean week one? You have to listen to all of them. You know, oh, you have course. 70, 71 course. episodes to catch up on. So it shouldn't take you that long. You know. <laughs> all right. Until tomorrow, you're fine. <laughs> you're fine. <laughs> That's great.